Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What time do you call this? Jessie, I left the house at 10 to 9. <sighs> well, I've done everything. Don't worry about no, it. You've had your hair cut. It's very chic. Oh, right. You've got milk. Good, I'm glad someone does. Hi, and welcome to Series 6 of Table Manners. I'm Jessie Ware, and my mum has just sauntered through the kitchen with a load of tat that doesn't need to be done. If she brings more plastic into this house... Now... Um, since we've last seen each other I have had a baby and this series will go a bit back and forth with the baby being inside my tummy to the baby being newer and at the moment the baby is five and a half weeks and right here with us so anything could happen on this podcast I hope Kiefer doesn't mind breastfeeding crikey Jessie please it's not professional what mum don't sound anti-feminist it's not anti-feminist. What am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to feed my baby and you and Keith Sutherland. Can we talk about this? Yeah. You know one of our peeves is when people change their mind about their dietary requirements. Yeah. We had the our darling friend Amol yeah. who said he was vegetarian 12 hours before we saw him. Yeah. We managed to resurrect that. We had... What do you mean we? Okay, you. Yeah. We had Paloma Faith who said she was vegan and then when she comes around and think... she sees a puy lenta bolognese, she says, "Oh, Ugh. I thought your mum was cooking. I'm not vegan all the time." Now we've had a we've had a bit of a clangor today. Well, Jessie, I did think it was quite heavy stuff that you were cooking for breakfast. Now you tell me at night ten thirty. I did say that to you. Why don't you just give him a sausage? Brisket and sausage is exactly the same kind of heaviness. Okay. He'll eat um, the brisket, and if he doesn't eat it, he'll get a piece of toast. Look, maybe it's because I haven't slept in six weeks, and because I was pretty impressed with myself for making a brisket whilst trying to look after a newborn baby, and may have nearly broken my marriage down through making the brisket right. last night, because it's a madhouse here, and then for one... For, for them to say, come back, after they'd listened to the menu, which makes me feel like they just don't like the menu probably and now they say they don't have three things off the menu of the five and he probably doesn't eat anyway he's probably doing intermittent fasting like me well i've got and i shall be eating it slow cooked smoky chili biscuit with a bit of bourbon in and i've done it with some 
a hash of potatoes, beetroots and sweet potatoes. And they said no hollandaise, so we're not doing hollandaise. So I've done a chipotle yogurt and with a poached egg. Chipotle. Chipotle, mum. What's chipotle? Chipotle. Oh, and you call it chipotle? And you call it chipotle? Yeah. Yeah, potato, potato. Okay. Anyway, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, But I don't know if anybody else is. You obviously aren't. So I've also got croissants. I've got berries. I've got coffee. I've got apple juice. That's perfect. He's here for the crack. Well, Kiefer Sutherland is somebody who everyone knows from whether it's being from Lost Boys, Flatliners, Special Agent, Special Agent Jack Bauer, um, to now being... A really critically acclaimed singer-songwriter. He's he's good, I listen to Sounds it. kind of like Tom Petty yeah. and Springsteen. It's kind of raspy rock and roll. It, it sounds really, really but good. He, does he play instruments as well? Yeah, I think he plays guitar. So he's just come it's and done it. better than you then, darling. Yeah. He's a proper musician. I'm really excited. Ask him about Julia Roberts. No, we won't ask him about Julia Roberts. Oh, I really want to ask him about Julia Roberts now. Yeah. Um, although there have been some dietary requirements quite late in the day Kiefer Sutherland you will be forgiven because you're a Hollywood movie star because you're fantastic you brought yourself back to life and who can do that apart from Jack Bauer and yeah so I'm really excited about this I'm a bit tired I need a coffee I think Kiefer Sutherland coming up on Table Manners Kiefer Sutherland, we have you in finest Dalston and schlepped you out on the morning. This is wonderful. This is and great. And you've come from, like, where have you come from? Uh, we started our tour in Germany. Um, and so we were in Cologne, Frankfurt. Uh, then we went to Amsterdam. Nice. Then we started in Scotland, kind of worked our way down here. And now we're just doing kind of some press stuff for the release of the record, which is on the 26th of April. Nice. And... I have tomorrow off, which is oh, great. Wow. So yeah, so, so and then I go back to Germany uh, to do some stuff there, and then back to the UK, and then we go to the States as soon as the record is released, and we start our tour in America. So how has it been in Europe? Is this the first time you've talked? No, it's not oh, the first no, no, time. No, you've got toured, like you've got like four records, maybe. Is it no, how many? Two, two, two. This records? is the second album, okay. but we've toured extensively in Europe over the last four, four or five years. So. Um, how was Amsterdam? Great. I love Amsterdam. Great. My band is quite young, so I have to kind of put leashes on them at, when they go to Amsterdam. <laughs> what, so they don't get too stoned? And yeah, like, you were just, go to yeah. the red light district? Well, I, I saw this interview from Tom Petty once uh, when they had first gone to Amsterdam and they couldn't believe that all this stuff was legal. And there's this story about Tom Petty that they they had bought more hash than they could possibly have used in a year. And they were standing in line at customs and the bass player just couldn't bring himself to throw it away. So he ate it all. His, <gasps> his teeth were black. And they had to play a show in Germany later that night. Oh my God, was he On a television show. Oh, yeah. And so they show the footage and he played like a champion. But he was so out of it. <laughs> and it was so funny. So Amsterdam can be a trap just because you can't get over the fact that 
it culturally it's just so different there and people kind of misstep so yeah I watch the band quite closely but is it, it's legal in California where now. do you live sort of not to smoke outside in cafes and things yeah it's it's not like it is in Amsterdam where yeah. you can go into a coffee shop and then get all whatever you have to have a prescription and... but it's it's lightening up it's it's I think it's even more free in Canada now than it is in the U.S. Is that where you were born? I was born here in London. You were born in London? Yeah, you were a Londoner? Yeah, I was born in uh, St. Mary's Hospital in Paddington. Wow, where all the royalty are. Royals, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was actually a very funny story. I was taking uh, some friends. We were shooting a documentary of an artist that I had signed to a small label in the U.S. almost 15 years ago. And we were on the subway filming, and we got uh, to Paddington Station, and we hopped off, and I said, look, I want to show you where I was born. And I hadn't seen it ever. And there were all these great signs to St. Mary's Hospital, so it was very easy to find. And I looked, and I said, that's where I was born. And as I said it, a wrecking ball (laughs) came out of nowhere and knocked a huge hole in the wall. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening. And the photographer, the camera guy, started laughing so hard, they were moving the hospital across the street. So I got to see it for the last day that it was there. Oh, yeah, man. So, so are, you, are you British, Canadian, or American? I have a British passport, yeah. and I have a Canadian passport. And the way I got the British passport was actually so sweet. Back in the kind of mid-'80s, I think I came over here to do some press for a film called Young Guns. Mm-hmm. And I was standing in the longest queue ever, waiting to go through customs. You know, you had British, and then you had everybody else. And a very kind person... Uh, from the passport office walked up and was checking everybody's passport and he looked at mine and says son you were born here in London I said yeah I know but I grew up in Canada he said oh son you're British come with me well it wouldn't happen now I tell you we're trying to get rid of everyone it was so sweet and at that moment I was like he said you need to get a British passport I said oh my god absolutely I do and I think I had one within six weeks wow very sweet yeah but where do you live now I have a home in Los Angeles, California, but I haven't been home for almost three years. Is that because uh, of touring? A combination of things. I shoot a television show called Designated Survivor. Yeah. yeah. And I shoot that in Toronto. It's your dad's favorite. Right. And then we would tour the second it was finished to the second it started. So, in fact, there's this track on the record called Song for a Daughter. It's the last track. And I was kind of walking around my kitchen trying to remember where I'd put the pots versus the dishes and everything else and I had stumbled across my daughter's 31 now and I had stumbled across the very first picture of her ever and I had handed her to the nurse who swaddled her up and handed her back to me and that was the first picture I saw and I got quite emotional hadn't seen it for a while and so I ended up writing that song but it, it kind of came about because I just hadn't been home for so long and it was just got very nostalgic about everything that was there. So. How can you have a daughter of 31? I was married when I was 19. Wow! To a 32-year-old, 33-year-old woman. And we, I just had her very early. And then my oldest daughter, her real father... What do you mean your oldest daughter? My oldest daughter, her father passed away when she was seven. Okay. And I raised, passed away when she was three. I married her mom when she was eight. And then... I've raised her since, and so I have the two. But you look about 35. Well, you bless your heart. Okay. 
I'm stay, I'm moving in. <laughs> you, can't be, you can't be 50. I'm 52. Shit, yeah. you don't look it. Oh, bless your you heart. You look great. You're very kind. Thank God this Mom is... Mum is obsessed no. about Thank age. God this is not filmed. <laughs> no, you look no, fantastic. thank God I have yeah. the bags yeah. of a But you look fantastic. Well, I mean, you do. Sweet. Thank you. I mean, you are Jack Power to me. Oh, uh, yeah, you know, you sweet. are still kind of... Slim and fantastic. Mom, this Can't is, get over. This is because mum's been fasting, so she's like, you look fantastic. Yeah. And you're so slim, and she's yeah. just like, yeah. No, the diet really of whiskey really and cigarettes goes yeah. a long way. Oh, does is, it? That your oh, drink, is that your drink of choice? It is, actually, yeah. Me too. Yeah, yeah I What's like your whiskey. Favorite? What's your favourite? My mum and dad used to drink J&B scotch, and when I was 15 years old, I was working in a theatre festival, and the youngest actor next to me was like 35 and wanted nothing to do with me. And it wasn't like I could go to the local high school and make a friend. So I spent six months quite alone, and I think it looked like I was going to cry when I was taking my makeup off, and he felt bad, and he went, okay, Master Sutherland, you're coming with me. And so I went to the bar, and we sat down at the bar, and the bartender asked him what he wanted, and he ordered his drink, and he asked me what I wanted, and I ordered a Coke, (laughs) Coca-Cola. And uh, the bartender walked away, and the guy looked at me and said, no, 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 you have to order a drink if you're going to sit with me. And so I looked up, and the one bottle that I recognized from when my parents drank, and they they haven't drank since they were in their late 30s, uh, was J&B. J&B Scotch. So I said, well, I guess I'll have one of those. And it stuck. And that was my drink of choice. It's very hard to find because the single malt whiskeys have become very popular. And, well, for a proper Scotch drinker, they're a nicer drink. I tend to like the cheaper stuff for some reason. Do you? What do you like then? Well, I think to put it best, uh, a dear, dear friend of mine who I worked with for 25 years who has since passed... Uh, used to work for my dad for 25 years. And when they finally started to do well and he had made some money, he bought his mom a really, really nice expensive bottle of whiskey and took it to his mother and presented it and said, look, I'm doing really well and I'm giving you this gift. And she poured a dram and threw it back and she went, oh, son, they've ripped you off. It doesn't burn. <laughs> so, so I guess I like the so burn. So you like the burn. How do you drink yours? Not classy at all. I will have a Coke on the side usually. Like and a I'll, chaser. Is that and, yeah, chaser? and I'll just sip the whiskey. And someone says, well, why don't you mix the two together? And so the part of the story that I didn't tell you when I first walked into the bar was that I took the first sip of whiskey and made this awful face and then took the Coca-Cola and sipped it and it went away. So, so that's, that's how you drink. On. Yeah, so I liked, I liked the burn, and then I liked to be able to get rid of it. And that's how you still drink it? Unfortunately, yeah. So like when you're Not on much stage, evolution over here. I love that. No, but like, so on stage, you'll have your whiskey, and do you have ice in it, or do you have a bit of water? No, on stage, I'll just have the one whiskey, because I'll just sip it, and I'm only going to have the one through the show. But I like to have it out there, because it gives me an opportunity to toast the audience and thank them for coming out in the first place and their support and they usually have a drink too so we have, that's, that's so a, nice. like a nice moment would you just be a musician and not act or do you no, like to I'm, combine the two I'm an actor to the death yeah oh sorry know. I feel like I need to just say there's bloody scaffolding so there's like the sweet sound of building work in well, the behind I'm so sorry what's pretty impressive about your street is the whole street's being redone yeah 
no one talks about the, the value of this block is going to be quite something well, in no, about a year. Actually, no, they're all social housing. So the council's oh. doing it. Oh, okay. yeah. So actually, it's just them it's giving them mixed. double glazing. It's ah, so it's a okay. bit of a mixed street. So See, I, we have no such thing in the United States. So no, you have. Envious of that. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I heard, is your, your grandfather started mm-hmm. like free he, health care? He I want to get this right. He was responsible for health care. In Canada, he was Premier of Saskatchewan for almost 17 years, and he was elected on four platforms. Uh, one was healthcare, one was education, one was paving all of the roads in Saskatchewan, and the other was streetlights. And he accomplished all four in the first four years of his. That's more than a mensch. That's know, like. And he was he was something. And then in the uh, early 70s, uh, he and Pierre Trudeau took the healthcare system from Saskatchewan, which is a province in Canada, mm-hmm. there's 10, uh, and they took it federal. And certainly during the 70s, it was the most successful healthcare system in the world wow. uh, because it was funded. A quarter of the Canadian budget went towards healthcare, and slowly it's been whittled away at, and which is unfortunate. But there was certainly a time when it was really the envy of the world and uh, very proud of him that he accomplished it. Uh, he was from Glasgow, moved to Canada when he was seven. Uh, and just the impact that he had on people's lives uh, was so profound that they had a contest done by the CBC, which is the Canadian version of the BBC. And they did all these little documentaries on important Canadians. And my grandfather was one of them. And he won as Canada's like most important citizen, and that was a very proud moment for our family. Where do you feel most at home in Canada, Los Angeles, like Los California? Angeles? Yeah. My, okay. my kids are there. My grandkids okay. are there. My friends are there. I'm not there very often, no. but but certainly, it seems to be the one skyline. You know, when a plane's landing, and and there's one town that you just see the skyline. And you just know you're you're going home. And I think I moved there when I was so young. I moved there when I was 17 years old and started working. And I I kind of think of that time as the beginning of my life, you know, when I wasn't living with either of my parents and work was starting to happen. And it was all kind of new and exciting. And so I associate that city with that time. And You've so, been acting since you were really young. Yeah, I was, yeah. 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 And are, are your parents both actors? Yes, my father is a very successful actor. Well, I know. I mean, and, always been in and, love with him since and, Don't Look Now. So. And Don't Look Now is actually my favourite film of It his. is my favourite yeah. film too. And uh, him and Julie Christie, I thought, were just extraordinary. Sensational. Yeah, and then, you know, but it was very funny. Uh, that was before videotape and any of that. So if you weren't old enough or you didn't see the movie when it came out, that was it. You missed it. So there was a lot of work of my father's that I never got a chance to see till I was older, till I was in my 20s. And I remember calling him and I was so embarrassed that I didn't know what a prolific, important actor he was in the English language. So fantastic. And so I remember, I, I think it was almost kind of crying about how appalled I felt like such a bad son. And he was so sweet. He just kind of laughed and said, how would you know you were a baby? You know, but... How old were you when Don't Look Now came out? Oh, I'd have been about eight. Eight. Yeah. Did you go, did you but, travel all the time or not? No, I, I was raised by my mum. And my mum is a very successful theatre actor in Canada. And so I have a twin sister. 
And she and I would finish school, and we'd go to the theater, do our homework, wait for my mom's performance to finish, and then we'd go home. That was our, that was our day. So I spent so much time as a child in the theater, and I could tell the people that worked in the theater were different. They weren't when I would go visit other friends at their house. Their parents and those friends weren't the same. Uh, they weren't as colorful. They weren't as funny, and so. I knew I wanted to kind of live in that world. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Uh, but then I saw a production of, my mother did a production of Virginia Woolf, and it was the first time I'd seen either one of my parents where I didn't recognize them anymore. And yeah. it blew my mind. It and it was, it was like magic. And that's when I first got excited about what I thought was interesting about acting. And that's what really turned me, because at that time, I had a small band and I was playing a lot of music. Was it similar kind of music that you're making now? No, it was a little more rock. Okay. It was a little more... Who were you listening to at the time? I think at that time probably a lot of ACDC. Okay, uh, okay. And Aerosmith. And, okay. Yeah, stuff like that. So it was, it was more in that vein. And um, Do you just play the guitar? You play Just. I don't play just, anything. You can't play anything, I know. Uh, I play the guitar. I play the violin. Uh, from the time I was four, and then I yeah. played. I wanted a guitar desperately when I was seven, and my mom said, "If you play the guitar, uh, the violin till you're ten, I'll get you a guitar, and then I'll know you're serious about music." So I played the violin till I was ten. She was true to her word. On my birthday, I got a guitar, and I never picked up the violin again. Oh, you know, and I, I know. I really regret that now. Your grandfather was very, obviously a political figure. Mm -hmm. Are you political? I am, in a, in a much more private way. My mother was a very, very strong activist. Uh, we ended up having to leave the United States because she organized a breakfast program through the Black Panther Party in California that was feeding children that weren't getting taken care of because both parents or one parent would have to go to work very early because uh, in the poorer communities they were doing more manual labor jobs and they they wouldn't be able to take care of the kids. The kids had to kind of find their own way to school. So she organized this breakfast program at a time when the Black Panther Party uh, was feared by the FBI and, and different aspects of the government. So we were asked to leave uh, after that, and that's why we all moved back to Canada. So I do. there is a very funny moment. My sister and I, the first year we were in Canada, we were sneaking around trying to find our Christmas presents. And instead we stumbled across a bunch of posters, and it was for performing artists against nuclear disarmament, or for nuclear disarmament. I remember my sister crying, thinking that we were going to get kicked out of this country too. Oh, <laughs> but obviously we didn't, and, uh, and they respected freedom of speech. Do you, do you know Pierre Trudeau? Uh, I did. I, I have met him, and uh, is he as fabulous as he seems? Well, Pierre Trudeau is the father. Oh, the father. Oh, What's yeah. his name? Justin. Yeah, and Justin Trudeau. <gasps> but Pierre was great just, too. Yeah, Pierre was amazing, and uh, and again, he he was as responsible for healthcare going federal yeah. in Canada as as anybody, and he was visionary. And have a great deal yeah. of respect for him, and and I do like his son very much. Yeah, and he's great. I had the pleasure of meeting him long before he even thought of running. Really? for public office uh, but I met him and his mom in a diner I was doing a play at the National Arts Center in Ottawa, Canada and I met them both in a late night diner and I was just having a quick meal after the show 
Yeah. What, and they came up to you? The mother, she was so sweet. She was a fan of something that I had done, and she just said hello and introduced me to her son, and who ultimately, you know, 10 years later became <laughs> Prime Minister of Canada. But you, you are such a global star because all your programs have been seen everywhere, all over the world. So when you walk down, the, I mean, I don't know whether yeah, they notice you in Dalston, right. but do you get recognized wherever you go? Is it annoying? Yeah, it's not annoying, and I can only speak for myself. And I can only imagine what it's like to be Tom Cruise. or And, I, and I've mm. seen it. We did A Few Good Men together. And that life is... I don't experience that. That's a very different thing. I have managed to become successful enough that someone will recognize me, but all we have to do is say hi. You okay. know? Right. Whereas someone like a Tom Cruise or even Julia Roberts, which I did witness firsthand, that kind of stuff can get scary at a point. If, if a crowd's too big for someone like that uh, or whatever. Uh, I've been really lucky that I could go into any bar I wanted. I could sit and have a drink. All that was required of me was to just say hello and thanks very much. And So you know, they're not ready it. to mob you? No, it's, uh, I've been really fortunate that way. I've been able to have... I think that's interesting. You really, call it fortunate. <clears throat> yeah. A really hu- I've been able to have a proper very life. normal yeah. human interactions with people and... So yeah, I've been lucky that way. I want to, because this podcast is predominantly about food and food memories. Mm-hmm. So, and I feel like we need to, I want to know about you and your twin, because our producer, editor, who isn't here today, and that Sarah's taking over for, for oh, it's going to pipe in. Twins, were you a nightmare together at the dinner table? Did you like the same things or did you like opposite things? Because she's a twin and she says that they used to just like opposites and it would drive their mother mad. Oh yeah, no. We, well, it's it's interesting. So, my mother was queen of the minute steak. Oh yeah. And <laughs> we we had two meals. We it was either we had the, like the thin minute steak with some vegetables and rice, a lot of rice pilaf, and or we had a chicken breast that she would drench in paprika and and rice and a vegetable. So was she a good cook? You'd say. It wasn't her forte. Okay. It wasn't her strength. But we, we always had dinner together. Yeah. And uh, she still, to this day, makes the best salad dressing I've ever had. What is it? Uh, it's just a Dijon mustard vinaigrette, and it's just, it just really works. simple. Some things like some like honey and a couple of things that I would never have thought were in there because it's not a sweet dressing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she just cooked very simply. I mean, she she had so much going on that it was more about the economy of time than anything else. And so Rachel and I just, that's what we ate. Now, my father and his wife maybe are, are more foodie. So when we would go, when we would be sent over there, I, I balked a lot at a lot of the food because for whatever reason, as a kid, I had real texture issues with food and then never, you know, didn't fully get past a lot of that. Um, and I think because our diet was so kind of specific, consistent, and, and on some degree limited, I used to fear, the, the greatest fear of all was to be invited over to a friend's house and their family was going to make dinner and I just didn't know if I would be able to eat it oh, and, and, so and I would have to, you know, and potentially hide stuff and it was just, yeah. So I was embarrassed about the fact that, you know, 
there was a lot of food I didn't like growing mm-hmm. up, and it's gotten it's gotten better. It's not great, but I certainly fell in love with Indian food. I absolutely love Chinese food. In fact, the first cooking lessons that I ever took were all Asian cooking lessons, and I just I lo- love the fact that you can actually spend an hour and a half preparing a Chinese dish and then cook it in three minutes. <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, so it was it was quite limited. I want to know because obviously you've been you've been acting for such a long a long time. Well, like such a young age, and obviously you get offered riders like you do uh, us as musicians. We get riders. Were you offered riders like, in your your dressing room? And if you were a fussy eater, what were you asking for when you were doing Lost Boys? Were you like, I want pizza every day, or was it kind of you know? And how's that changed? What's on your rider now? Well, on, we, whilst- on a film set, we have a caterer, like a food truck, right, yeah. yeah. And so you know, they get a sense of what you like to eat, and and they'll figure out a way to incorporate that. And they're and you know they're feeding two hundred people, so they're trying to mix it up and. Uh, but again, if, if you just want a chicken breast and some rice, they can make that for you in two seconds. The writer for the music stuff is the funny one. So um, what do you have on yours? <laughs> socks and underwear. Your socks is brilliant. Yeah. Underwear is a good one for Why boys. Socks yes. and underwear. You don't if you're if you're staying laundry. in a hotel, okay. it costs more to launder a pair of socks than it does to buy a pair of socks. And if you're not staying at a hotel and you've got three hours to relax, going to the local laundromat is not fun. Um, so we figured out that socks and underwear was really great for the rider. And then the other thing is gummy bears with the glycerin is really good for your voice. Ah. Jesse, yeah. this is what you need. Well, cause I, so I have a whiskey on stage, but I have it, I have it without ice cause it, so it's not too cold. Because I'm, I'm really neurotic about my voice on stage. Mm-hmm. And also, I think it makes me lose it more because I'm so neurotic about it. You know, we mm-hmm. had Sarah Bareilles on uh, when we did a New York special of this. And she was just like, oh, I, I have cheese on my rider. I was like, cheese? Oh, How yeah. could you have cheese? <clears throat> Couldn't do like, it either. Yeah, you're, you're literally, you're clearing your throat now. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, oh, I don't really think about it. And I think because I'm so aware of the things that, also, I, I don't think it, helps you sing me it doesn't help to have a really heavy meal before singing or whatever no. but um i'm really like strict about yeah. it i'm steaming yeah, for yeah so so yeah it makes we played me... a festival in central california and we went backstage and all there was was yogurt and i was like you guys no, have to be no me. um so we ask everybody what would be mum doesn't like to call it a last supper but what would be your desert island supper you have a starter a main a dessert and a drink of choice. Well, the drinks, the, the drinks easy. I would have a, I would have the a whiskey drink. with a, yeah, Coke. and Coke on the side. Um, What's your starter? Soup dumplings. Oh yes, yes. Uh, and then probably uh, pan fried rice noodles with beef and a black bean sauce. Sounds nice. That was, and then pudding. I mean, d- dessert. Dessert. Uh, well, maybe it's it's so out of Congress with what I just Doesn't described matter. as the meal. Um, it would either be pumpkin pie with whipped cream or a little piece of pound cake with some ice cream. What's yeah. pound cake? Pound cake is uh, <laughs> the, it's, the, it's, it's, like, cake. it's like a pound of butter, a pound of sugar, and it's just and it's it's a really dense cake. Yeah. But I just my mum used to give it to us as a kid every once in a while. Did she used to make it? No. 
No, Sarah Lee made it. You gotta love Sarah Lee. Yeah, though. That's right. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Mum, you made a cake the other day that tasted like a Betty Crocker one. Like, yeah, it did. Yeah, like it was like a Sarah Lee cake. Yeah. Well, and the other one is just a simple slab cake, which is just like vanilla cake with vanilla icing. It's just you can go buy it for six bucks at the market. That's that seems to be my sister's and my favorite cake. Yeah. Um, where Not do very you, fancy. I I I love you were very dis- you're probably the most decisive we've had yeah. from ev- anybody Everyone. over our six series to decide. Everyone well, goes, um, but is it because I, you're quite could, picky and I so you could, know what you like? And I could easily have said a cheeseburger from Fat Burger with fat fries and a Coke, you know. I've never had a fat burger. Uh, when you go to California, it's a California chain. Mm-hmm. Um, Fat burger. Yeah. And we everyone to, always talks about In-N-Out. We went to In-N-Out. Okay, so In-N-Out would be kind of... Fat Burger started in East Los Angeles, and it was really... It was owned and operated primarily by African-American restaurateurs, or uh, not that you could call that. Uh, for instance, Magic Johnson probably mm-hmm. owns the most. And then... In and out is like the white version of that. It's like they're, they're religious, and, aren't they? And the great thing about the fat burger is they do not mess about with the salt and the pepper. They use it. It's got some real flavor and texture, and it's still my favorite burger in California. And so, will you have a cheeseburger, or you just have cheeseburger, 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 chips. lettuce, onions, tomato? What's your worst table manner in somebody else? Like we ask everybody. So, is there anything that you just can't stand when you're going out for dinner that other people do, or have you got any bad table manners? No. There's a couple things that I'm always confused that people don't understand. When the salad is served or a cold dish, you wait. When the hot dish is served, out of respect to the chef, you start. And people who are getting hot dishes sit there for a table of 12 and won't start eating them going, you don't understand. Read the book of etiquette. You are the second the hot dish is served, you are supposed to start eating. I love that one. Yeah. I don't know that one. The cold dishes, you wait for everybody to be served. Okay. But the hot dish, you're supposed to start right away. Here's me. See, we're British. We'd always wait for everyone to be I know. served first. And then the person who gets served first is sitting there waiting for the last person to get served. And by the time you that happens... You don't want to be the first person. Their dish is cold. Thank you for uh, teaching me some table manners, <laughs> Kiefer. You're very um, welcome. I want to know, where do you love to eat in Los Angeles? Well, Toronto's so good for food, though, right? Toronto's... Yes, Toronto is good. Um... Or you're not fussed, but you just prefer to make. No, your own there's meals. there's there's a couple places in Los Angeles that are really quite extraordinary. There's an Italian kind of cross French and Italian called Il Piccolino on Robertson's, okay. one of the nicest restaurants. And then I've always enjoyed Mr. Chow's in Los Angeles. I've never uh, been, but everyone talks have you been about to the him. one here? I have, yeah, yeah. Is it? Is it as good or different? No, the, the, the menus are the same. Just the one in Los Angeles, I, I was roommates with Robert Downey Jr. when we were about 17, 18, almost 19. So wow. we lived wow, together. that would have been a powerful duo. <laughs> was, did you have lots of fun? We did. Yeah. We had right. a great time. Yeah. And we both started working around the same time. And he was dating Sarah Jessica Parker, so she lived with us as well. Did you go out with Sarah Jessica? Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. They yeah. lived together for a couple of years. And then Billy Zane was in the apartment next door. Bloody hell. Did he have That's hair? Like Rose did he have hair? He did have hair. <laughs> he did have hair. And so we were all friends, and we had a couple other friends. And Robert and I started to work first. And so, and I got very lucky. I got very lucky with films like Stand By Me and Lost Boys and Young Guns Quite All within the first couple of years. And then Bobby went and did Saturday Night Live for a while. And then he got a couple big films. And so 
we would take our friends, like what we thought success was, was being able to go to Mr. Chow's once a month <laughs> and take our friends and have kind of what we considered to be a really posh night. And so I will always have those memories of that restaurant going all the way back then. So when I go there now, it just kind of makes me smile. What did you and Robert used to order? Oh, Robert. Like, what was Ro- like beans? No, I know, Rob- but... Robert was awful. No, I, from there I would, I would order... Uh, they had a really wonderful wonton dumpling soup. Uh, you'd order the squab with the lettuce and the plum sauce, chicken Joanna, the most tender chicken dish I've ever What's had. Chicken it's you have to go there to experience, I'm but it's it's a now. it's a chicken beaten okay. within an inch of yeah. its life, and uh, and then Singapore noodles or, or whatever noodle dish you would want. But Bobby towards the end of us having these once a month dinners would come in and order the duck which was the most expensive thing on the menu and then leave before the bill got <gasps> <out>. <gasps> so naughty was he he used to laugh by doing, then? oh yeah he did it he so, did it to mess with me and it was always so very you funny were, and you I, yeah but wow. trust me he took care of the things he was a very, very funny boy. Are you still chums now? I don't see him as much as uh, I think either one of us would like. I saw him a little while ago, and we kind of hook up for lunch. I think one of the problems is everybody gets so separated mm. because of where you're working. And I've been, again, on tour for so long. that, But we do check in on each other. Uh, one of my favorite stories of his, we were doing a film in Savannah, Georgia. <laughs> and he took a fire extinguisher. And I had gone to bed early, and I think he was upset with me for that. So he took this fire extinguisher, and he completely sprayed my hotel room door, and then put it behind him, let it off, and walked backwards all the way to the elevator, and then hurled the fire extinguisher down back towards my door. So it looked like I had done it. So he basically just got in trouble. Yeah, walked into my door. Well, about a week later, I, I found a substance that would wear through metal. And I put it on the hinges of his door, and about three days later, his front door fell through. So we were in a hotel that was an atrium, so all the doors were purple except for Bobby's, which was just black steel. And so we had a lot of fun back then. We kind of a lot of practical jokes and teasing. And uh, so again, back to Mr. Chow's. I used to, I like going there uh, just because of the memories. And what about in Toronto? Do you just get your mum to cook her chicken? No, no. Or her minutes say? No. Um, in, in Toronto, this last pass uh, had a quite nice house in a kitchen. And so uh, the things that I'll cook, I have like four dishes that, that I feel really confident okay. with. A roast chicken, a very simple steak, and then uh, beef and oyster sauce with steamed rice is a pretty clean meal for me. Uh, and then a traditional Irish beef stew. Uh, which I really like a lot. And and I've had friends that are actually really good cooks that have really screwed up a stew. Uh, it's, 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 t- it's not easy to dep- make a really tasty depending one. On when mm. you, depending on how and what you're doing so with the flour. So what's your special ingredient? Well, it's not the ingredient. It's the process. Timing. And it's, it's that I add the flour earlier than later, and I'll cook off the beef probably In the, more. With the flour? Yeah. To go yeah. With the flour, yeah. And earlier than later and so that the beef gets really tender and it it does you know a lot of people where they make the mistake uh, it can get very tough and the first time I ever cooked that properly uh, I, I was in New York and a friend of mine had a dog and they had a dog walker 
and I was halfway through cooking the stew, which was actually, you know, I thought that a stew would take eight hours, but it's, it's about two and a half hours. And the person who was walking the dog came in the house and went, oh my God, that's the best smell I've ever smelled. You know, that was the best smell I've ever smelled. And I was so excited and proud. And, and it was one of the first times that I followed the recipe, like to the second, to the T. And that's a challenge for me at times. And when I actually brought it out and I had the first taste of meat, uh, I was pretty proud of myself for a second. Oh, and it was, yes. and so, yeah, and it, that kind of really inspired me to start trying to learn how to cook and following recipes. And it was a really exciting thing. So for the last year, uh, I was in a place where I could actually cook a lot, which we did. Just so you're going to give him something to well, eat. Well, I, I want to say, basically, we've got a load of bits because I know, basically, I think because I'm so tired, I've been craving loads of red meat. So quite selfishly, I made some brisket, um, which is quite a heavy breakfast meal, and I understand that. So we have berries, we have croissant, we have toast, we have brisket. We can have You can have whatever you want. It, you do not have to have... I, I, Thank you very much. What, but just, I love brisket. So. Oh, yeah? Oh, okay, yeah. few. Yeah. Right. And then I've got... I don't, <laughs> few. Uh, well, <laughs> I've got um, kind of... A, it's not very spicy, but a chipotle yogurt you can have. You can take or leave if you want. Um, you don't have to have it. And then, I have to sing tonight, so I might pass on oh, the yogurt. Oh, shit. I've given the, I've given the worst meal for you then. Cause, I mean, no, it's the brisket's not, good. It's not too spicy. The brisket's so, good. Okay, fine. And then just with some potatoes yeah, underneath? Okay, fine. Mum, do you want a poached egg with yours or not? Or do you, um, I hear you don't have eggs. I have, you know, eggs are the weirdest thing. Like, I can cook scrambled eggs or make an omelette, but I've always made it. I had, that. that's the one thing I've had texture issues the most with. Like, my grandma and grandpa, they were so cute, but they, they would have their little egg and they would crack the shell. And, oh, man, when I was a kid, I used to have to stop myself from, like, being sick, wretching. Yeah, wretching. Because it just, there was it's something that just, yeah, yeah. It's, so you can do scrambled in omelets, yeah. I could do scrambled in omelets. No, I and, get it. And I they have it. to be pretty well done. Like kind of, kind of. Racquetballs. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. The second something looks Is like it it's snotty. sweaty. So, you, so it's not because you're fussy about what you eat, it's just the textures and yeah. things. And it's from yeah. way back when you yeah. were young. Yeah, and it's, uh, you know, and I've got friends that when they, you know, especially with, you know, the kind of British breakfast, they look so happy when they get that fried egg. And I get yeah, so I jealous. Do. I wish I could enjoy it like I, that. I love it when it's and soft as well. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I regret not, I wish I could figure out whatever my issue is and get past it. But, but um, I could never I eat. have not to this date. I, I, I respect that. I and couldn't I thank eat you for an oyster. Could you eat an oyster? Uh, See, I, I drank an oyster. Oy. Yeah, the texture of that makes but me that feel ill. But that you can get away with because you just, Ooh. and it's done. Yeah, but I can't imagine that you're enjoying it. No. <laughs> no, you just do it because everyone else is doing it. And it's meant to be. Well, fantastic. the first time I did it, I didn't realize, but it was actually in the shot. It was in the drink. Oh, Jesus, and it oh, was, God, it was it would be like an oyster in and there. like some Tabasco sauce and some tomato juice. Crikey! Uh, and I didn't realize that was there, but it was gone that quickly. And the way I knew that that wasn't ever going to be an issue, Kevin Bacon and I were doing a film called Flatliners together. It was mm -hmm. the first time that we worked together. And it was a scene with he, myself, and Julia. And there was an aquarium. <laughs> and in the aquarium were these four goldfish. And Kevin said, I dare you. No. And he, I said, what? And he said, I dare you before this scene's finished. 
see if you can swallow one of those goldfish. And I said, sure. And so I caught it in the little net when they were kind of moving the cameras around. And it was just to make them laugh. And, and I took the goldfish like this and I dropped it in. And what I wasn't expecting, when I swallowed, I realized why we have the mechanism of our Adam's apple. It crushed the goldfish. It, oh my broke, God. it broke its back. And I could feel that oh my in God. my throat. And I'm like this. Out? And kept, no, 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 I got it down. But Kevin, Kevin, I think he, he had to, it was a dare. So he then had to do something. But if you watch the film, at the beginning of the scene, there are four fish swimming around. And at the end of the scene, there are three fish staring at me oh and God. not no other fish. So. I'm, I'm sorry, Keith. You, you can't eat a fucking egg, but you can eat a goldfish. It's not, well, and the goldfish was a one-off. So, yeah, I'm not going to do but it But you'll again. do anything for a dare. For a laugh, yeah. For a laugh. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You don't have to eat anything. You can eat a little bit. It's kind of... This is going to be the healthiest meal I have had in a long time. <laughs> I want to know, what did you eat last night? I didn't. <gasps> Kiefer, that's terrible. Um, we finished... We played on the Joe Wiley show. Oh, I love Joe. She's great. So we played a couple songs there. So again, like you, I don't really like to eat before I sing. Mm -hmm. And then got back to the hotel... I think I had some shrimp tempura at the bar. Had a cocktail and went to bed. So what that, cocktail do you yeah. like? Oh, I just had the J&B. <laughs> I love that you're calling that a cocktail. cocktail. Please eat whilst I jiggle my baby to sleep, hopefully. That's wonderful. Okay, good. That's great. Well, okay, thank you. Thank so much. you. This is really good, Jess. Thank you, Mum. Um, you know what, Kiefer, I'm not going to lie, I'm quite proud of myself. It's the first meal that I've cooked since, like, <laughs> since this kid's been around and... um. I'm just glad that I didn't burn the chin. Five weeks? Yeah, he's like five and a half weeks, yeah. Good for you. What would you describe your music as? Because you managed to get to play in Nashville, which I think is the biggest we, we compliment a, like, for songwriting, have, isn't we it? We have some kind of really old school country songs. Songs like This Is How It's Done, Song for a Daughter. But then there's some real rock songs, like Agave and... and, uh, and Something you love is kind of. Uh, I love that. Thank you very it's much. Really it's really lovely. Kind of. I listened to it last night. Right down the middle, so it, it 
it's a varied record, but because the country stuff, whether it's Blame It On Your Heart, that they are kind of old school country songs, we've been given a lot of latitude in, in a place like Nashville. And like we'll go back before the CMA festival, we'll play the Grand Ole Opry again. And that'll be... That's the biggest thing. That's yeah, amazing. And that'll be the fourth time we've played it. And, and so those Jeez. kinds of moments but are that's like really exactly good. That's like um, for us playing at the... No, it's, it's kind of more grand than the Barbican. It's kind of like the Royal Albert Hall. It's smaller than the Royal yeah. Albert Hall, but like it's 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 <clears throat> prestigious. I mean, I watch mm-hmm. Nashville, the uh, TV show, so that's how... Like I'm upset. How many you've been to Nashville? I've Did been. I've played there once, and um, I wanted to go and do like writing camps there because the best song right there, they're yes. incredible. And, like and honestly, they're working. And it's it. the only place I've seen where the music industry is centered around the writing. Mm-hmm. Your album sales are secondary. Your position on the chart is secondary. Everything stems from the writing, which I think is correct. The thing about the Grand Ole Opry, which is why you're going to have to write a country song and you're going to have to go play there, is as an actor, I remember the pictures of Jimmy Stewart and and Judy Garland and all those people sitting around a piano and playing. And there was this sense of community. And as I've watched the film industry change, when I started working, there was five studios and they made 50 plus movies a year. Now there's three and they make less than 15 so people have had to go different ways to find jobs and work. And, and for a lot of people, it's been very tough. And so it's become more competitive. And that sense of community just isn't there the way I remember it kind of in the early 80s. And especially the way my father describes it in the 60s and 70s. And so I'm watching that evaporate. And I get to the Grand Ole Opry and I'm scared to death, you know first time and they'll have and it's like a review so you'll play three songs and the other artists will play three songs and there's six artists that will go on any given night all the dressing room doors are open everybody's out in the hall playing and at first I was very suspect of this and you know this is insincere and artificial and a fantastic woman uh, I, I don't think I ever got her name I was still in my dressing room and kind of my door was open, but I was still in and she just leaned her head and she said, hey, hon, nervous? And I went, yeah, a little. And she went, don't worry, sweetie, we got your back. And my bottom lip started to go like, like that. And that's when I realized how nervous I was. And literally from the time walking from those dressing rooms to the stage, and it's a big house and you could feel it. These guys would give you a guitar if your string broke. They would give you a strap if your strap broke. And it reminded me of the rodeo. They were there. Everybody had each other's back. And I hadn't had that experience as a performer, uh, not to that degree. It's been something I'd always yearned for. And it really is authentic there. And I was really moved by that. And I've played there three times and going back for the fourth. And it's been like that every time. Yeah, because usually in the dressing rooms, everyone's sizing each other up a bit. Yeah, or they're being completely yeah. antisocial. Yeah, or so bum we have to follow that person. Yeah, exactly. Their song it's sucks, you know. And, and it's like, and, yeah. And so I was so moved by the authenticity and the sincerity of the goodwill. Uh, and you're, you've been allowed in that club, and now you'll be you'll be there forever, and you'll be the person that's poking your head around. Poking the my head, going, "Hey, Sonny, <laughs> <laughs> nervous." 
Well, you should be. <laughs> <laughs> it's scary as hell out there. So the record comes out this week, and mm-hmm. then you'll tour. And then when do you start filming again in Toronto? We don't have a date, so we're going to be touring all the way through to December. And you're happy about that? Mm-hmm. And then by December, you'll be like, I need to do something else. It's always good to take a break. Yes. You know. To um, write, to um, reflect. Yeah, but there's a lot of places we haven't been able to get to yet. So there's Australia, New Zealand, the Pacific Rim. And so we're going to try and take advantage of the time that we know we've got. Well, that, that's the perfect time because then it's warm and nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, follow the yeah. sun, Keeper. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming here. Um, thank you so much for feeding me. Good luck with the album. Thank you so the much. The new song is so good. It's thank fabulous. you. And um, I do have to say about your father, I found that one of his finest performances was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, very cool. I will that tell was, him that. That was fantastic that was my film i will tell him that'll make him smile i completely loved him from don't look now that's so sweet and and this was wonderful no what a pleasure to have you thank you absolutely mum yes that felt quite Hollywood. He was so special. He was very charming. Charming, conducted himself with modesty, humility. He ate some of my food. He just when he really doesn't like doesn't like textures. I don't think he liked. I think he doesn't eat a lot, darling. Let's face it. I think he just knows what he likes and he likes what he knows. So I felt a bit guilty giving him brisket, but bless him. I'd like to try his Irish stew. Yeah, I don't think he makes it a lot, darling. No, I don't either. But I do... He was charming. He was so sweet. I was so close to asking him about Julia Roberts, and then I just... He kind of brought her up. I know. What a good ex. I know. Jesse Ginotti said to me, What? Bye, Mum, you rock. <laughs> do you think they say, Bye, Mum, it's when they don't remember your name? Yeah. <laughs> bye, Mum, you rock. You rock, Mum. I rock, Jess. Well, I'm hoping I'm going to be on the festival bill with him. I was rocking my child to sleep so he wouldn't speak. Um, No, that was really bizarre, seeing Kiefer Sutherland in my kitchen. Jack Bauer. Mum, don't call him Jack Bauer. He's so many other people. I I mean, I wanted to talk about Lost Boys with him and I just held my tongue. Who is the designated survivor because it's your dad's favourite? I don't watch it. I don't. But apparently it's really popular. yeah. What a pleasure to meet Kiefer Sutherland, to hear about his music. And his interesting life. Yeah, and some Robert and Downey Jr. stories. Credentials. Thank you for that. Um, no, he's, I mean, he's worked for so long. <laughs> yeah, he'd been working since he was eight. Poor yeah, poor sod. <laughs> Out on the boards from playing, eight. Playing a violin on... Since four, yeah, he played the violin. Hell. Um, no, he was just lovely, and I don't think he's a foodie. No. But I do want to go to Mr. Charles now. We'll go Knightsbridge. Is it meant to be any good? Yeah, it's fantastic. I used to go there all the time in the blooming 70s and 80s. Did you? Yeah. Anyway, thank you so much, Kiefer Sutherland, for coming on, and his album is out now, and it's beautiful music, so you should give it a listen, and you can definitely hear those JBs and Cokes yeah. on the record. 
If you are enjoying us, please do subscribe and then you can just have that That nagging ping on a Wednesday that we're here back in your ears annoying you. Um, No, I think it also helps with chart placing. I think it does. So yeah, can you just subscribe please and like us a lot and rate us quite highly. We're going to go and pack a car and go to a cousin's wedding now. Okay then. You ready? No. Right, let's get going. The music you've listened to on Table Manners is by Peter Duffy and Pete Fraser. And Table Manners is edited by the wonderful Alice Williams. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.